I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, hi. Was the uh, 5G down? <laughs> I heard about that. Did you hear about that? No. 5G That's is what, bullshit, dude. Listen, this is one of the running conspiracy theories about coronavirus. There is, uh, throughout the world, there have been a few 5G towers and apparatuses that have been like burned down and torn apart as an ongoing theory uh, that uh, a new 5G network in Wuhan is the thing that spread coronavirus <laughs> and started it and that uh and that the no. 5G technology is behind this so people are literally like burning 5G towers like on fire and No stuff. that is really true Yeah I, I saw I saw this Have I ever told you a lie? Dude, have I, I saw told this you graffiti like 2 weeks ago and it said 5G is corona and I laughed my ass off I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen you I thought it was a joke. It, I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was just like a cool piece of graffiti. I didn't realize uh, is, it was based on real bullshit. <laughs> this is no joke. But what's interesting? I have a funny story about this. So, <laughs> so fairly recently, I'm I'm doing some painting in my house, and I have a really long fiber optic cable that runs from the front of my apartment all the way to the back to run my internet and uh, you know cable and stuff like that, and. Uh, recently my wife and I decided to get a parking spot in Jersey city, Congratulations. which is pricey. It's like middle class, dude. You're like, middle it's class pricey. Now. I'm saying. <laughs> so in order to justify the cost, we cut cable, you know, and we're like, all right, now we just need internet, some Netflix. That's all we got. We got one of them fire sticks. So, you know, I'm down for this and then I'm painting the front hallway and I see the fiber optic cable and I go, Hmm. Yeah, I guess, what should I do with that? I guess I'll pull the cable down for them. My wife's just like, yeah, just just cut it. We don't need it anymore. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I cut it in the two best spots you could cut it where it's impossible to see right. everything. You know, I start doing my, you know, painting prep. I'm spackling some walls. I'm doing a little sanding, you know, getting things nice. I decide to take a little break, drink some coffee. I'd surf the web. And I open my laptop. <laughs> and I go, oh. The fuck's going on? This is weird. <laughs> and then you know, I'm looking around. I look at my router and I go, "Oh, good. I just cut my own fucking internet cable on purpose." 
You know, <laughs> both of us, two grown adults, didn't put that together in the moment, and I willingly <laughs> cut my own fiber optic cable. So, you know, I call Verizon with <laughs> with you know tail tail and toe in oh, between yeah. my legs. Oh yeah, uh, you know, make up a story about you know. Some person who didn't know what they were doing, clipping the cable or whatever. The fucking painter, the guy who painted yeah, this Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing, this guy. <laughs> um, so, luckily, you know, I make an appointment for the following morning. I'm like, whatever, a day without this shit, I don't care. But, you know, they were cool. Later that day, they said, oh, someone's around. And a very nice guy came, like, four or five o'clock, house was empty, you know, I offered him some drinks when he came and, you know, we end up having a decent conversation through it. And I got the impression this guy wasn't, you know, how sometimes like a conspiracy theorist type of person, they'll like, you know, about all their shit 30 seconds into right. the conversation. Absolutely. You know, they just can't. This guy like kind of played it slow right. and was like in the way where I'm like, oh, he doesn't actually like want to talk about all this stuff. I'm pulling it out of him, which right. makes it more authentic to me. Oh, yeah. He's the, uh, he's the dangerous conspiracy theorist. Yeah, and he was talking in a legitimate way about the fact that 5G power cells or whatever the things that they, you know, shoot, I don't I, I don't know why I just use power cell. I have no idea if that's correct. Um, <laughs> sounds good. But uh, he said, you know, there needs to be a certain amount of square feet around this to make sure it's safe for people. And that this amount of square footage in a city environment is just like absolutely impossible. And the companies are paying very little mind to actually like keeping up with these regulations. So it is one of those things like, you know, like a lot of things where if uh, the first round of 5G like killed a whole bunch of people before they figured out like, what was killing them and how to stop it. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. But it would probably be something we never hear about, some class action shit, he, you know. He must be talking about EMR, electromagnetic radiation, which is like everything yes. puts out. Did he that say EMR? Is it? He so did. It, it is. Is that from Tape Hot Magazine? <laughs> no, but this is, I mean, EMR is something you're aware of as an engineer, but it, but uh, it it's definitely... It's definitely not researched enough. I, I lived in an apartment before we moved here that had they put a cell phone they put cell phones on the roof. Yeah. And I had a total shit fit because they were like right over our heads, right over our beds. Yeah. And and I did as much research as I could and there were just there's very little known about like most people say, Oh yeah, Yamar, it's it's totally safe. And it might be, but you know, like you might not like we're fucking yeah. we are we are fucking you know we are electronic like signals our body our our nervous system right and, right and who knows what it's doing that's what i tell my wife when i come home with like non-organic blueberries or something you know because that's like all they had and she's like yeah, we just can't eat these or something or i'm not feeding them the kid i'm like i'm like you realize there's internet running through our bodies right now. <laughs> yeah. Like there's all sorts of crazy shit just going through our body. I'm like, we're probably fine on the blueberries, you know? Yeah. You well, you know, eat. also, you know, you, re you got to realize that your body also has built in um, ways to purge itself of toxins. People like that eat organic food all the time. You're not, you're not even beginning to tap into your body's own ability. Oh, uh. So well, yeah, you a, can eat, you can eat some non-organic blueberries like every so often. It's a good thing that I eat organic food, but I also like 
pick my nose and eat it, uh, go a lot of days without showering, wear the same clothes. Like, I feel like I build my immunity in other ways, you know? Yeah. I got, like, the 35-second rule. Like, I'm pretty hardcore about that shit. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're immune, dude. So, we got the Sidekicks interview. This was fun. Yeah, I got another another um, BC interview before Corona that we managed to squeeze in <laughs> face-to-face, fortunately. And- we should tell people that when I told Brad the entire band was coming, four <laughs> members, not pleased. <laughs> not pleased uh, at all. You it, were scared. It's so like if, go back. So going off track, who was it? I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna remember the name, but there was we had a band in the first year or so, and I think we might have had five members. Plus, in those days, we sometimes had three or four hosts. Right. Right. So we had a big panel panel of dudes and it's like, it just becomes a point of like you as a listener, you don't know who you're listening to. Sure. And it's funny because you know what that, so this podcast, I mix this podcast in mono just because I think like most spoken word stuff sounds, tends to like be easier to listen to in mono. It's a smaller file to download, but that was the first one I mixed in stereo so that I could actually spread out the voices so that you could, gotcha. if you heard somebody from the left side, you knew it might be the same guy. That's good. Well, I mean, I tried to make you feel better about it by saying, listen, the sidekicks I know from personal experience are like the nicest boys oh, yeah. from Ohio. Oh, yeah. And I just can't see them like talking over each other. No, and it was totally You know, worth they're it. so polite and nice yeah. and good guys that... To wait for someone to you know finish their turn and then go on yeah so, it, it, totally so it, wor- it panned out it worked fine yeah. but um, you were nervous yeah just because i have seen it not work you know i have seen it sure. be confusing um it was great and it was and it was truly enjoyable to have all those guys in the room because yeah yeah it was as, great. as you'll hear they're they're a funny bunch and they they compliment each other well really yeah yeah like socially they're one of those bands that you can see how just like uh their internal interaction makes for a band that you could see having a really, really long life. Right. You right. know, it's uh, it's fluid. It's not like a struggle with those guys. Yeah. They just like, they respect each other. They know each other. They like each other. They're all funny as fuck. That's so, yeah, the, you could see that. The big one is the respect. It's like, yeah. as we all know in a band, Once gotta, that have goes. It. gotta have Once it. Gotta have it. It just goes downhill quick, right? It's funny, too, that uh, I know Major League, the film, is kind of a major (laughs) point of emphasis in this interview. (laughs) It's just how I relate Cleveland and all those things. And, you know, I went down to, uh, I'm still undisclosed location, San Diego, Paraguay, (laughs) decide up to you where I am right now. But, like, the first four nights I was down here, I swear to you, I don't know if it was some sort of internal comfort mechanism or something every night when my wife went to sleep i put major league on <laughs> um you watched it over and over again four nights in a row oh my god yeah, That's yeah, your yeah. comfort film dude yeah and it's like i don't mind if it you know if i fall asleep in the middle if i don't fit like it doesn't matter but once it's on there's just like it's like a buttery blanket over me i you just feel love good it. i do feel good i do just like this interview <laughs> out of here <laughs> oh child <laughs> you knew that was a chance uh, if anyway i just had the, the classic 
small child creeping up over Brad's shoulder in the he, FaceTime. He's That's got. We, well, we have a recording. We have a recording session booked. I have a. He's waiting to do a little recording for one of his school projects. So. Oh, nice! What is he jamming on? He's got some homemade instruments, percussion instruments. Yes. Yeah, baby. I couldn't love that more. Well, maybe we'll uh, we'll have him ready by the outro. <laughs> do the outro. Do the music over the outro. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right, let's get into the psychics. Do it. It's going on. There's somebody here that does this. This is like in Brooklyn. It's like moonshine. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same deal. He won't he doesn't li- he doesn't label it as I'll get like you moonshine. A particular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, though, like. Yeah. That's sweet. I feel like this is one of those worlds that has a huge world that I know nothing about. Yeah. It's Yeah. Cuz every world has a world, right? Yeah. Or like True. every subculture has clothes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I noticed first with band managers have like well, not like punk rock band managers like we know, but like cool guy band managers all have the same outfit (laughs) and i thought like that's a really small subculture to like just have their own shit like that and then all of them have it you know yeah and i bet people who make their own distillations of alcohol probably got their own gear yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean you see it within like friend groups too yeah like just like oh these friends i mean yes sometimes it's like spoken but a lot of times it's unspoken and everybody's wearing this, like different colors of vans or something. Well, I guess that's how style trends start. Yeah. Same with music, right? We talk about that and going off track all the time, right, Brad? How like, <laughs> uh, how like the internet is maybe potentially like not ruining local scenes, but that thing that used to happen so often in like the eighties and nineties, where these like pockets of bands would come out of a city, not sounding the same, but obviously like kind of doing sort of the same thing and like pushing each other and stuff and like maybe that doesn't exist anymore well certainly commodified it yeah i think like it's it exists but people are aware that you can sell it as a brand now so like people go like managers probably go out of their way to like package that and probably and like like oh yeah like we're friends with all this like suny purchase folks like double double whammy like it was such an easy like press line for them to go like oh yeah all these people met at suny and now like they're loosely associated musically but every article that you read about like level up or frankie cosmos is like yeah they also know this band and they're friends with this band and they're right they got to tie it to that scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, that always used to happen in new brunswick because no one's actually from new brunswick you know they're always from these like scattered suburbs like throughout new jersey and then they would be like, oh, yeah, this New Brunswick band. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, that's, guys- that's Rutgers, right? Yeah. That's similar to Columbus, like OSU's there, yeah. Ohio State, so not a lot of people are from there, but... What's a Columbus... Are any of you actual Columbus natives? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> Cleveland. And the- Cleveland for Steve and I, and right. then Pittsburgh for right. me. Yeah. That's why you're always wearing that pirate uh, shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm waiting for that lucky year. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, like, I feel through traveling, there's like a, you know, obviously there's different personalities for regionally like you know not obvious ones like new yorkers are like this texans are like this californians but there's like an ohio thing 
and there's like a lake thing. Like, like, can you help me like define what it is that just like, dude, it's like weirdo rock because it's so <laughs> vast. Like how different the bands could be over the years. Like from Devo to GBV to like you know, um, New Bomb Turks. Breeders, yeah, Gaunt, New Bomb Turks, like from, straight out of Columbus. Even more than that, I mean, like, like personality-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of talking, like, a socio-cultural thing. Like, mm. like if I had to, like, look in a dictionary and be, like, Ohio guy, like, I might just choose Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, That's pretty smart. I just on. might be like, just oh, like, Matt. Like, just, like, very friendly when you run into somebody, like, in an aisle and somewhere you go, oh. Instead of saying sorry, right. yeah. excuse me. <laughs> it's like, almost like oh, semi-Canadian. Oh, oh. Everyone yeah. so yeah. yeah. close, yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There's like a level of... Uh, Let me get that for you there. Just like, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going like to squeeze by you. <laughs> a level of like extreme friendliness in, in everything that you do, oh, yeah. I feel like, in a way. And, and you're very... A lot of people are also just a very apologetic for any sort of movement they may <laughs> huh. make. Like, if you brush a shoulder at the grocery store, you're like... Oh, I'm so sorry about that. No, right. you say oh. like, And you say oh, hope, oh. but you can go, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Very consistent. But also, like, 50-50, yeah. you end up in a conversation with them that's, like, neither of you, everyone, everyone's too polite to end the conversation, so you end oh. up in these, like, spiraling, like, oh, you got that cereal. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I love that cereal, too. No one's just like, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. So, but, like, in California, I can understand this, because it's, like, it's like sunny. You're just surrounded by like lemons and avocados <laughs> and like shit like that. Like Ohio's not like that. No, it's like kind of tough. Cleveland, you rarely see you, the sun. like like the cities are small and and old school and industrial and it's cold a yeah. lot and like so like that's where I'm always confused about a, a nice Ohioan. Like like there's something culturally going on there. I'd love to pinpoint. I feel you like know? I was hoping maybe, you guys would be my insight into this. You know? I feel like partly maybe some of it has to do with the weather. When you live in a place that is cold for a good chunk of the year, yeah, like being from Cleveland, where you know the lake creates a lot of cloudiness, a lot of gloominess. It's like, well, there's got to be something to like pick your mood up, huh. and that is maybe just trying to be friendly to right. others. Yeah, like human interaction, that camaraderie. Everyone's going through it together. Sure. So it feels like there's got to be some of that. It's got to be partly the Midwest thing, too, because so I was born in the Midwest. I didn't grow up there, but I'm surrounded. Ohio is the beginning (laughs) of the frontier, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Right. So there was this kind of band together. You like, you know, you needed to be you needed to be friendly. You relied on those around you, you know, more than other places. Yeah. There's like kind of like a chip on your shoulder in a way of just like. You know, Cleveland notoriously. I, I speak just that's where I'm from. No, you is, are Cleveland. We've determined yes. you are yes, Cleveland. I now. am yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's a, it's a place that had kind of gotten knocked around a lot. Sure, you know, just yeah. for the the bevy of missteps the city has taken over the years. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Between the lake catching on fire to all the balloons being released in the air and hmm. killing wait, a bunch wait, of birds. Wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah, backtrack. <laughs> Okay, Lake so in the, catching on fire. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> Go river, on. the river <laughs> caught on fire. The Cuyahoga River in the uh, 60s or no, 70s, yeah. I think, uh, because of all the pollution in it, uh, eventually caught on fire. Oh, my God. 
So a river of fire. A river of fire. The burning (laughs) river, as it's become known. And Great Lakes uh, Brewing Company has made quite a living off of the Burning River Pale Ale because of it. (laughs) Um, But then in the 80s, there was a charity event where they released, uh, was it like a a million balloons? A million balloons. Okay. One million balloons into the air. And where did uh, those go? Well, they they went up, uh, <laughs> killed a lot of birds. Yeah. But then they also came down and fell into the lake. And right. there also happened to be like a couple of uh, of fishermen that were missing, and uh, they had to call off the search because the lake was filled with balloons. Oh goodness! And so there was a lot of things that happened over the years that gave uh, a pretty good. Uh, telltale sign of like, oh, this place is fucked. <laughs> yeah, dare I say or, curse. Yeah, dare, yeah. I mean, curse. a river of fire will solidify a people. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But there's always just been kind of like, uh, I feel like there's just a bit of like a Cleveland pride to just be like, right? No, this is a good place to live. It's like, yeah, there are. It's a cool city with a ton of history to it, and sure. that was once like a powerhouse. And so I think when people kind of have this narrative of it being this downtrodden uh rough place you kind of you stand up for it a little yeah, bit yeah yeah you know? yeah i think stand your ground sure <laughs> i think as a native new jerseyan i can empathize with this a yeah. lot you know i maybe actually cleveland and new jersey might be two of the most made fun of, like, armpit of America type places there <laughs> yeah. is, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like there's all these TV shows that, like, where they are making fun of Cleveland and stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, even you say, like, the Cuyahoga River and, like, so, like all of this lends back to Major League for me. I mean, that is yeah. is my reference of Cleveland. Yeah. And it was a chippy town in that movie, you know? Totally. Randy Newman's singing. Yep. Looks cold. <laughs> team is bad. Yep. Shady ownership. Yep. Yeah. Very Cleveland. So that movie nailed it, huh? Yeah. Not a ton has changed on that front. In terms yeah. Of, uh, shitty teams. Indians are better. Yeah, they're better. We can't start talking sports, Matt. I've, no. I've committed <laughs> you know. to it in my thing. We could take... And I just found out that you and Steve... Are in a fantasy league together? Oh, yeah. Is this yeah, right? with a bunch of other people in bands. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. And we have our other leagues with, yep. with Jeff Rosenstock's Magical League and this. But the one, I'm not, I don't want to get into fantasy because Brad has already determined <laughs> our demographic is not fantasy basketball. Um, Let me tell you about the next but, week. But Let like on the low, have you guys like ever fucked with each other's like Wi-Fi or something so you can set a lineup? Oh, <laughs> like no. like no, any are too nice any for subversive that. tactics? <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking about uh, in the one league that we're in. It's a money league, and we both really suck in it right now. So we we're talking uh, about collusion yeah. and just trading, making some trades to try to form a team that could be competitive. You'll never do it, but you're right. Cleveland won't. He has you. too much pride, though. He won't trade his guys to my team. He's <laughs> like, no, my team's the best. <laughs> Classic oh. Cleveland. Shady Classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> so you guys have been like ripping around for a really long time now. Oh six? Technically? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Totally. That's when we started writing the first record. Uh Steve and I started the band when we were freshmen in high school, so like oh I think it was the winter of oh four, I guess. It's awesome. Um but yeah, the first record came out in two thousand seven and we've been Kind of going ever since. Is this your both of your first bands? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, actually, technically, the band we started in that winter was there was two bands. One okay. was called Fiction, 
Yeah. And the uh, not bad. And then the other one was called Riot Control, <laughs> which is like Rinse a street. Uh, in my, in yeah. our minds, was like a street punk name. But sure. then but Riot Control <laughs> is actually the cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so glad we skipped yeah. that one and went to the sidekicks. Dude. We could have been cops. Yeah, we could have been cops. That'd have been an interesting theme. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked out. You yeah. show up. At, you show up opening for the casualties or yeah. something. And they're like, we are right. You guys just show up like. Holding fire hoses, <laughs> dude. Bad. Pepper sprays. So that's what it was. And then, and then our guitar player PD was like, "What about the sidekicks?" And we're like, "Sure, that sounds punk better." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And like, uh, when did it like take shape to where you were really like, like trying, like trying to do it like pretty seriously, like almost immediately? I think when when um, so we made this full length. I mean, we all like. It became the thing that you love doing when you're a kid, like sure. play guitar for three hours every day or something, just because. Yeah, yeah. But then I think when we we pressed like the CD of So Long Soggy Dog, which was our first full length, yeah. and then um, Brendan Kelly from the Lawrence Arms hit us up on MySpace being like, this is awesome, we want to put your oh, album cool. out. So that's how the and Red Scare was, thing happened. Yeah, and that was yeah. the day oh, that I moved to Columbus for college was the day that he hit us up on MySpace being like, hey, do you want to like we want to put this out and then i was like damn like because that's what i wanted to do but sure. it's almost like it felt like it was like all right new chapter and then right as i was like going into going to college it was like no this thing's still now it felt like it was like gave it new life i guess right, right, right. Like, other people external to just ohio were like i guess starting to notice it sure or something. Yeah. gave you the itch yeah 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 and we would like tour on breaks like winter break and summer break and stuff when Steve was in school. And then once Ryan joined the band, that was kind of like when it was like Steve was getting ready to graduate. And then it was like, all right, we're going to do this. What year was that? 2010. Yeah. Ten. First tour with Tiger's Jaw. Not we bad. Out, summer 2010. You managed to finish school too. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you, would you, what's your degree? Biology. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. With honors. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got like, good grades. Steve's the sole college graduate. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, uh, um, have you found any, like, practical application in being in the sidekicks in your degree? No. <laughs> I mean, I took classes that were, I mean, I just took the classes to me that were interesting, and I love science, so yeah, I was yeah. like, those were the classes I was going to take. And then at the same time, going to school felt like it was like, because I didn't want to go to school for music, so I was like, I don't want. I don't think you need to in my like for what we were doing. Sure. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to school for something totally different, so that if I decide I don't want to pl- try to play music as my career or something, then I would have something else, hopefully. Yeah, which I have not tapped into yet. But I mean, in the long <laughs> form, I, I imagine it helps, like just like having a more dynamic human being who knows more stuff. Is like just better for songwriting and just like getting out into the world, you know. And I'd assume if anything happened, Steve would be the like you would be the impromptu surgeon <laughs> yeah. if something happened. Yeah, if we're playing right? Desert Island right now, yeah. Steve yeah. turns into the surgeon. Like something crazy happens, they're all gonna start looking at you. Oh, yeah. 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 Have you have you conceive this are you ready for well, it when you took me to the hospital the, like the week i joined the band <laughs> i definitely feel comfortable in hospitals but i think it's, well, <laughs> like i like i like being in hospitals which is kind of a weird thing because most people hate it but it's interesting yeah i mean well, it's because i'm interested there's in fascinating it. things going yeah on yeah but so if you graduated college in biology that means you must have done some interesting like did you did, did you have to like cut open a 
cow or a cat or like no. something crazy like that? No, they did. There was an anatomy class I took that was a cadaver lab, so it was just like human cadavers. Okay, but we didn't cut it open. I think they let the grass. But you have been in a room with like cut open human cadavers. Yeah, definitely. What's that experience like? It smells really bad, but it's like it's so fast paced, like because you're learning about all these specific things of like this is this, this is this, this is this, and you're just like okay, just trying to remember everything. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have time to like get freaked out or wonder about your own existence you're like i need to like remember all of these things sure um but there's sometimes like there is one point because they have they like cover up like the genitals when they're just like with like a little cloth and at one point the teacher just kind of like going through the stuff and then she just pulls it up and it's like the penis is just cut in half and you can just see Uh, the tissue and then this this other girl in my class is just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) she was just like and then the teacher was like sorry sometimes it's better if I don't tell people I'm gonna do it I just do it (laughs) (laughs) for the penis reveal yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's the yeah I think pulling the band-aid off on that one is probably best (laughs) yeah (laughs) you think someone I bet so many people have probably thrown up I do wonder that. It's funny you say it because, like, I do wonder how, like, doctors and surgeons, like, in that moment you would have to disconnect it, right? Like, you can't be sitting there, like, over a body questioning, like, what happens next or, like, humanity or something like that. That would fuck you up, right? Well, yeah, I mean, well, you're, I don't know, you're doing a job and you're, yeah, like, I think you're trying to take it as seriously as possible, I guess. Yeah, you would hope. (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm kind of so. what do you guys i know it's off topic but well no it's quite on topic um like i'm kind of like i was opposed to these robot surgeons when i first heard about it you know the idea i'm like oh no that's that's strange but then when i consider it more i i never like the idea that like someone has to do their first surgery you know what i mean like somebody's getting fucked like every time a new doctor comes into existence, you know what I mean? Like, like it's not like yeah. there's just one hundred percent perfection from like sure eighteen years old to master of surgery. Like someone got fucked like yeah. along the way. You know what I mean? For you to make your mistakes and learn, absolutely. So that's when I'm like, oh yeah, like robot surgeons, like. They just know what they're doing from the get. You mean like when someone's learning surgery, like they, there's like a learn the learning curve or whatever? Is it, are you saying about yeah. the beginning of time, the first ever surgery? I guess both. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, I mean that like you know that part. The robots would have needed that too to learn what's going on, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was necessary for for us to get here yeah. surgically. I feel like we <laughs> kind of ease people into it, where it's like they like. You're in the room. It's like, oh, tie this off or tie this. Like people that are in like well, the residency and when stuff. When you took me yeah. to the hospital, I had my appendix out oh, like a couple years ago. On tour. It was, I had moved to Columbus. I had been in the band for like a month. Oh. I had just moved to Columbus. I had moved in with Steve and I like collapsed in my room. And Steve Welcome to Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't but we went water. to a. This we might have a... been that fucking river. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it caught on fire, I can't yeah. imagine things are just clean everywhere. <laughs> we went to the Ohio State Medical Center and there are all these student doctors. And right. the yeah. initial diagnosis for appendicitis is they just jab you in the gut and you already feel like you're getting stabbed. Yeah. So I'm oh. sitting there. It's me and Ooh. Steve in this room and it was like. It was like a good three hour. I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't give any time frame because I was on so much morphine. Sure. Um, Could have felt like. It, <laughs> yeah, but there's just wave after wave of medical students jabbing me in the gut. Ah. Uh, and yeah. they're watching him wince. Yeah, Steve. And then I had to there. advocate for him at one point. I was like, 
it hurts a lot. Don't do that. Because <laughs> you're like, kind alone. of trying to play it cool. Like, yes, you're like, yes, that hurts. And I'm yeah. like, no, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Well, they're like <laughs> tapping you like, it's like if they're I like, tap what's your, your pain level? Yeah, yeah. like if I tap your toe, do you still feel it in your gut? And it's like, yeah, it feels like I'm, there's a knife. Like my guts are exploding. Right yeah, now. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so would you have like in that instance? Would you have accepted a robot surgeon? <laughs> so, um, like with no warning, you're just lying there. You're expecting a human to come in. And just like something, <laughs> something rolls in and yeah. just starts preparing tools. Yeah, with like that much morphine, I would have accepted anything. Yeah, you would have taken um, it. And like, hello. But the initial MRI, they told me that I was going to be out for a week. They were like, oh, yeah, shit. your appendix is burst. And then oh. a human went in and looked at it and goes, no, you're out of the hospital in two days. Oh, my God. Um, what would a robot have said? What yeah. would a robot have said? Because I, I ended up going on tour like a week later. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the robot would have read the MRI and kept you in the hospital. The robot, yeah. the robot would have been like, no, "You're canceling these shows." Yeah, so the doctor, robot. Yeah. All right, All robots right. don't party, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know about this whole robot thing. Yeah, <laughs> I might, I might reel this back. <laughs> okay, I'm we're, going off track. Is now brought to you by Lockheed Martin. <laughs> so we're just like sweet congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's thank really you. awesome. That's why Brad can he has these like cool glasses and shirts and stuff. <laughs> it's because of that deal. We stepped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally got a hundred thousand dollars an episode. An episode. Wow. Is there a, yeah. like an infrared drone angle of, that the subscribers can watch? Yeah. Yeah. It's through the roof. Yeah. Oh. We can't even like splinter cell. Yeah. We don't even know what's happening. Um. So you guys are like road dogs now, officially, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I remember learning quickly when I started touring that like uh, you should never bring like a bath towel because it's just like bullshit. It's yeah. never going to pan out. <laughs> yeah. like, you're just going to get stuff you don't want wet, wet, or you're going to leave it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just going to cause so much more trouble than it's worth, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But you kind of got to usually learn that the hard way by either like ruining or losing a towel. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Like, what are some good road dog tips for like a new band in a van? And not just like physical stuff, like even like interpersonally, like, you know, you guys seem, at least from the outside, <laughs> you guys seem like people who converse and deal with things democratically inside of your band, and like, like, what's a way to do that? Because you know, so many bands can't can't get past their first couple tours. Um, always bring headphones. You gotta have time <laughs> for yourself. Yeah, yeah you know. right. It's just being comfortable. Being comfortable in silence with people is a huge one. Like, you sure. don't feel like you have to say something the whole time. Like, except that, except that you are like you have to manufacture your own like alone space and like be comfortable with the fact that you're alone surrounded by three or four other people. Yeah. And that, that's an okay thing. That's a good tip. You yeah. don't have to drink all the free things that people give you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. if you refuse it, you'll probably get paid more money at the show because they're uh, using that money. Right. <laughs> and instead yeah. of it being a buyout, they're just going to give you like a keg of the PBR that they get for probably like basically free at the venue. That is a good so tip. So if you don't yeah. want to drink, Tell them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and monetize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be considerate of how much you pack. Uh, sure. Just so there's enough space for everyone to live. Be small. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. attempt to do laundry. It feels really oh, good God, putting yeah. on clean clothes. Yeah. Sure does. Yeah, that changes like the whole, the whole makeup of your existence on mm-hmm. tour when you can yeah. get clean clothes and like a shower, right? Totally. I think at like 23, it didn't matter so much. No. 
being uh, 31, it matters a lot. Like, well, I'm rejuvenation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I, like having that self-care regimen. Yeah, Just trying for sure. to be good to yourself. And like, you know, showering more often. Something I was terrible at. Yeah, I was like same. 23, 24. <laughs> same. But as a drummer, I'm sure you get it too. Like, you don't keep it in line. Your butt gets really gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, off Like, that. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize that. If we're, dr- like, they're like, why is a drummer wearing those little shorts? It's because you're sitting in a bath of your own ass sweat for as yeah. long as you're playing. Literally about yeah. half a song in. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And that's not good for your skin. Doesn't feel nice. I yeah. get these, like, I literally like look at my ass in the mirror sometimes and just feel bad for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately. I'm just like, oh. And I like think of like three things I didn't like she did the day before or something. I'm like, oh, f- pass, pass, pass. <laughs> like, I can't believe you look at this almost every day of your life. And that's biology. Yeah. 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 And you, you probably play in the same shit that you wear all day, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. The best part of being on tour in the winter, you don't sweat nearly as much. So I don't feel gross. Have like, you ever gotten runner's nipples, though? Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have to be careful what shirt I wear because there are a few shirts that I know that I have. A little starchy. That I, yeah, that if yeah. I play in them, sure. I will just, my, I will be chafed by so the So, Brad, do you know what this is? What we're Runners referring nipples? to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For drums? You I, know, I mean, it's not specific to drums, but yeah. Yeah, you play in a cold venue and, and you know, your nipples are... Oh, that's the deal, cold venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens right, right, in a cold venue. Yeah. Or you're just excited. I remember playing a, a pizza place in Maine in like February. Yeah. And it sparked a really bad case that lasted for a couple weeks. So you had to tape them? Uh, no, I ended up going like like Fatboy shirtless. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm bold enough to do that. All right. I used to be more bold to do it. Now I'm, now I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't now. Not a kid. Yeah. I don't know what it is because it's not like I don't have a. I didn't have a better body then than I do now. Sure. It's a total mental thing. Actually, this is interesting that we're bringing this up. What is that? Uh, is it I've like- never done it just because I've, I've just seen it and been like, I don't like the way that looks. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just never done it. <laughs> Dude, I, I hate when the drummer like takes the shirt off after the first song. It's like just start with oh, the shirt start. off. Yeah. Like yeah. you know you're gonna take it off. Yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. sweat that much in two minutes. That's like, true. That's yeah. just like you're like okay, this is one of your moves. It is. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that because that yeah, that's a prop move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally prop. Yeah. yeah. So so we have a a part a part of the show we do sometimes called mystery friend, where I would tell a story. And you have to guess which friend told the story. Mm. Now, I got a story. Well, and if you can elaborate on the story, right? Like, you're, yeah. you can, like basically, he's going to give you a description of the story. Okay. You, if it's worth elaborating on. This one might be a slam dunk. Okay. And All if, right. And but, then if you can figure out who actually. Yeah. So I heard a story about you guys traveling in the Northeast area with someone you were working with who uh, was nearly, like, beat up a bunch of traffic cops or was like nearly arrested for yelling at a bunch of traffic cops going from Greenpoint to New Jersey. Oh, okay. John Yellow. John yeah. Yellow. So I knew this was a yeah. slam dunk, but I, I just wanted the story. <laughs> yeah. So tell tell me, this is John and Yellow who who do you remember who produced Happiness Hours? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he said? I. I so what happened? Because he, he told me. 
I don't what know. What did he say? He said he lost it. He he did, did lose he it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the exact thing they said. The, and what, the what was back, the scenario? Like what was so going on? The scenario on? was we uh, were in Greenpoint finishing up happiness hours. That's where we were doing all the overdubs right, right, right. and uh, vocals and all that stuff. And we're driving back. It was late. It was probably like 10, 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. Weeknight. Sure. Not a lot of traffic, honestly. Like we're driving we, John back. Yeah, we're driving. His car was on the Fritz. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're going back to Jersey City. Yes. Okay. Yeah, going back to Jersey City. We're gonna drop him off at the house, and then uh, water music was kind enough to let us stay there, right. even though we weren't even tracking there anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we pulled up to a light that was near the Holland Tunnel, right? The Holland. Holland takes you. Holland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Holland yeah. takes you yep. right in. Yep. And we're like a light away from going into the Holland Tunnel. Right. And there is a construction area that has no active construction going on at all. (laughs) And then a a couple traffic cops. Yeah. And we're sitting at this red light forever. Just like waiting. Going green, going red, going green. Yeah, Yeah. There's like three cars in front of us. Nothing is moving. And John just starts getting like incensed <laughs> he's just getting so upset and he's starting to like yell stuff well he's in the I, front seat and he rolls down the window and yeah. starts yelling shit at the traffic cop just like but i forget what he even like, what said what we're doing here <laughs> what the hell's going on here i, I can't remember exactly what Every he said from our, our, our accents get real thick when we get mad <laughs> yeah. it was funny because yeah. it was like we were having a conversation and all of a sudden he's just like hold on one second he's just like what the hell's going on immediately just goes into it and we all were just like what is happening he's like sorry it was like he had to do it like he couldn't hold yeah, it yeah. in like he could just up. sit there and we it's just like, like a jerry here. stiller moment yeah. or something <laughs> he's we like what the hell they got a traffic cop over there for he's not even fucking doing anything <laughs> and you guys hadn't seen a side of john like this yet no he didn't yell he's very us, mellow yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 super mellow really fun so just you guys like, just like what the hell is going on yeah i mean it wasn't like unexpected. I feel like <laughs> we've been around plenty of people from New York or sure. like Long Island, yeah, and yeah. you know, it. It's not even like necessarily that they're like John was upset in this case, but there's times like even when you're just like talking to somebody and having a good conversation, and they're mildly frustrated about something. It sounds like the world is about to oh, come yeah. to an end. You should hear just like me and Jeff Rosenstock just talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sounds like we're fighting. We're just yeah. talking. Yeah, like exactly. enjoying our conversation. For People sure. be like, oh my god. Yeah, what's absolutely. going on? Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't the first time, but yeah, it was like John's just like he's already kind of like he'll bust your chops anyway. Sure. But he yeah. was just like laying into this traffic cop. <laughs> and I think we were listening to did they that- did they start talking any shit back to John? Because no. sometimes they can get a little frisky themselves, yeah. For sure. I had an experience with a traffic cop. Did he flick him off as we drove by? I think he did. Yeah, I think he yeah. flicked him off as that we drove away. I was just top. like, holy shit. <laughs> and you know yeah. what no Crust fear. on the green, not yeah. in between. <laughs> very important rule. Very important rule. I've seen that go badly. <laughs> I think I learned from that because then later on I ended up having a, a, a conversation. Well... No, it was it was more of just like a traffic cop yelling at me, and then me yelling back at the traffic cop. We learned from John, and I, yeah. that's where I learned it from. So I've really embraced the New York <laughs> yeah. state of mind in terms of like uh, the road rules and sure. the road altercation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it turns into like a game. Like John was telling me that story, and I know the section of road he's talking about intimately. Yeah, I know the light he's talking about. I know that stop. 
when and when you live in Jersey City, you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm one mile from my home. Yeah, and it's, and it's going to take <laughs> two hours to get there. Like yeah. I could leave my car falling down style and get there faster than if I sit in this traffic. So right. it does start to like take a certain toll on you. Even when he was telling me the story, I, I was getting a little mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. like, for the situation, I know it so well. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy. It's when you really have to uh, practice patience at its finest. <laughs> well, and that's where people... So so my wife kind of learned this. Like, my dad was literally a cabbie in New York. Like, I grew up with him just fucking darting through the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, no fear at all. And I've... Growing up, like, I never had a reticence to drive in New York. Like, I actually think it's kind of fun. Yeah. And, you know, quickly you learn, like, there's, like, kind of a game going on. And sure. people aren't necessarily that mad. Like, like there have been times, literally, like, I'm merging with someone, and neither of us will back down. Right. And my car and their car are centimeters apart. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And no one's really looking at each other. Totally. You got to get away if you're going to get away with it. You're just holding on. Yep. Hand on the wheel. Maybe a quick glance from time to time. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's just a thing. And it's like when you're sitting in traffic for three hours, you're like, I don't know, fuck it. Yeah. A little stalemate. From, you know? from hearing this from your perspective, I'm glad because that's exactly how I feel like when I'm driving in New York. I'm like, it's a game. I try oh, to play is. the game where I don't stop. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. unless I have to because of a red light. But other than that, I'm like... I'm going to force my way into here. All right, now I got to get over here. All right, we'll go there. Smart. But it's the only way you're going to get around. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love it. It's great be- <laughs> it's great being in a van too because yeah. nobody's going to want to run into you. And I've always had a thing <laughs> with cars too, like cars and shoes to me. I kind of want to like abuse as quickly as possible. <laughs> like I don't want to have to worry about like a shoe getting nicked or like a little ding on my car sure. more often than not if i have a car for like six months it's got a few yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh so i'm always just like yeah go, i don't know give me a bump give me a little bump, <laughs> give me a little bump. <laughs> i guarantee you Freaking. care more than i do yeah. about yeah. this like for real yeah like, let's go it's a little love tap <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um i want to talk about that feed two single which was rad like so you guys got the video with all your friends singing and I know some of these friends you were using, and I was like, how long did this take to get all those submissions back from, like, request to being able to do it? Was it hard? Uh, it was one of those things where, like, you in- the initial, like, you ask everyone to do it. And They're probably like, like, yeah, I'm so down. There was a couple people that sent it, like, right away. Who were the cool ones who sent it right off? I don't remember. I wasn't making it. I bet it. Chris Farron was pretty quick. They did do it actually yeah. pretty yeah. quick. I can imagine. Because he has a green screen in his house. Oh, he was he just like, he, yeah. probably, like, he like, oh, probably was filming something video else. Request? And was like, all right, next thing. <laughs> yeah. so got to make some more content. Yeah. Got to make my He wakes up every day waiting video. for that call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So who are, who are the early submissions? And I guess it was, I guess Chris and our friend Shelby. But then. And who was the worst? I dragged. You had to text me multiple times. (laughs) I kind of didn't. I feel like I sort of had the idea, and then I just started hitting people up, seeing if it would be possible. Yeah, yeah. And then I posted something on Twitter. And it was funny because there were a few people on Twitter, people that I didn't even know, because then I was just like, well, I'm just going to see if anybody else wants to be in this. Yeah, throw beta. Yeah, and there was a bunch of people that responded, and then I sent the song and sent what it was going to be, and then like... I think none of the people on Twitter actually did it. There's uh, one person. One right? person. Yeah, yeah okay. a couple, a couple, one or a couple people, but like a lot of them, like people would say they're going to do it and then they didn't. But I was just like, well, 
it's okay. You're doing this for free as a that's just a favor. Free actors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it actually worked out really well. I know he has a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, definitely thanks to all the people that did it because it is kind of a pain in the ass when someone asks you to do something, you say yes, but then you actually see what it is. You're like, oh, I have to learn all the lyrics to your song and lip sync them into yeah. the camera. They'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. We're not easy. I, I know a lot of the people in that video. What the fuck are they doing? They're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't give you 10 minutes. It was <laughs> funny watching. We were on tour with the Menzingers at that time and watching Tom. He was sitting outside of a venue that we played in. Oh, uh, nice. uh, Iowa City, I think. And he was just out there. I was like, I sat down next to him. He's like, I'm learning all the lyrics to your song right now. I was like, all right, I'm going to leave. And I just like, walked away. It's like, all right, have fun. We I, filmed Nick on, on that tour, too, outside the Southgate house in Cincinnati. Like, nice. It was just also like we could just throw a camera in front of somebody. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made. It, I had to make John and Yellow uh, send me a second version of his because his was vertical, and I was like, John, everybody else's are <laughs> oh, horizontal. No. <laughs> and he was just like, what? And I was just, could you uh, send me just like a chorus, just like totally horizontal? Old man that, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, I felt bad. I feel like he. I was like, he might have been kind of pissed when yeah, I asked. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. Well, John's definitely. We can break his balls a little bit. Yeah, I'll make him listen to this. But <laughs> but that um but that video and like the the idea behind it was to kind of address, like, our relationship with social media, right? Yeah, a little bit. The most, just, like, is it, like, poking fun at it, or do, were you trying to, like, kind of make a bigger point by taking it lightly like that? Uh, I think it was more just, like, people's constant, like, portrayal of themselves and, like, presenting of themselves on the internet and how that's, I guess, just a totally different thing than... I guess the way that people maybe portray themselves in real life and how there's these right. two selves that we kind of juggle, I guess. So then I thought it would be cool, I guess, to have people, I don't know, do that within the context of a song that's sure. sort of about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you, like, I mean, like, how do you personally, like, ratify something like that? Like, because, like, we all have to do it to an extent, right? Like, these days it sucks, but if you want to have, like, a band... You have to like submit to like some social media and like stuff like that, and you gotta play you, the game a little bit. Yeah. And you watch bands who are really good at it and super corny, and they're usually way bigger than you. <laughs> and like, so there's like a thing that you kind of have to do. Like, how do you personally like find the balance between like, you know, what's necessary and what's overdoing it? I don't know. I think it's like. <clears throat> It's hard because it can definitely start to rule your life. Like, just in general, if you're constantly just scrolling through stuff, you're yeah. just, like, wasting your time. And a yeah. lot of it doesn't really matter, I think. And I even think in terms of with music and stuff, I think it reflects, like, popularity, but I don't think it necessarily creates popularity mm. as much as people in the business would like you to believe sure, or sure, tell you sure, to, sure. like, post more and post more. And you're just yeah. like, is this actually helping? So, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, that's uh, interesting. That's, I don't know. I think for me personally, it's, it is hard to juggle because I'm not the type of person that wants to do that naturally. It's just a thing that I guess right. you feel, uh, I don't know, you feel like you're supposed to. Right. And you see your peers doing it. And then you feel like almost like competitive about it because there's numbers involved right, right, constantly. Right. And, and it has nothing to do with music. It's this, this weird fucking competitive game within music that has nothing to do with music. Yeah, yeah. And nobody's winning it either. You don't <laughs> no. win anything. <laughs> That's true. 
Hey, I think <laughs> I see like the person like you ever see like someone's like tweet goes viral. Yeah. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're like selling something like a SoundCloud or something after. And then they're just they're gone. And I'm like, I'm like, that person probably just spent like a lot of years and a lot of thought cultivating like tweet after tweet after tweet, hoping that one of these was just going to like catch like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And then right. they had like a day or two where a bunch of people like liked and retweeted. If yeah. they don't actually do anything in particular, probably nobody's stuck with them. So it is. It's strange. It's like a task. It makes me think, too. I mean, for years, uh, you know, labels and publicists or something are always would always use press against people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like your record's not doing well. It's because you didn't do enough press. You right. know what I mean? Like, and, right. you know, uh, and like you said, if the record's amazing, you can do one interview and you'll be fine because it's just amazing and everyone will probably find it anyway yeah but it's funny you say that i hadn't thought about the reflection with social media but it's probably the same exact shit like anytime a label or an agent or a manager is feeling a little insecure about the own job they're doing they're probably like oh band uh, post more oh yeah, yeah. you yeah. should have been you should have been better yeah. on social media that's why your record's not doing well mm, you know totally. yeah it's like the new patsy they always find one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Someone we've made the music. What well, I, I don't want to complain. It's just like another aspect that you no, kind of have to pivot to. Like, well, it's just another it's weird. thing. It's weird. We got to talk about it because yeah. like, like, we even have this discussion, but there's not an end game yet, right? Like, right. Like, I don't know where this is going to like begin and end. You know what I mean? Like, what's healthy for people? What's healthy for bands? Like, what are the limits of what like we should actually be doing yeah like are we better off like I, i'm literally like terrified to delete my twitter it's weird and it's it's <laughs> not because of the information i think i'm losing it's like this idea that oh like i built up these like people on here and i have things to promote and this is the only kind of way like i know how right now yeah and it scares me to like not have that avenue even though my personal life would be happier without it yeah, it's like a weird connection with the world. Yeah. It's like why people watch the news or something. It's like this is happening right now and you want to be, you know, in in the know pretty much and know what's going on. The same with like I, I just like listen to live radio sometimes. Uh-huh. Just like, okay, just to plug in, you know, sure. see what's going on instead of just stepping outside and having like human interactions, which, you know, you can have a balance of, but. You don't have to get dressed to do that, I guess. You know, <laughs> just like a lot, maybe a lot of people don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a strange way to like. Uh, you can basically just make up the existence of your band via social media, right? And like your shtick or like uh-huh. your perception to the outside world, and whether or not that that has any validity to it, it doesn't really matter right <laughs> well you're kind of in charge of your own branding as opposed to like yes i feel like probably i don't know how long ago i mean bands were always sort of in charge of that in certain ways because like their own like promotion or like back to like the beatles doing like videos and shit like that yeah but to less of an extent i yeah. think yeah not, for I mean, sure you're not doing the day-to-day work i guess yeah and then now that that's like a possibility i guess for you to do Right. Lately, I've kind of felt though that maybe it's better to not do stuff if unless it's something that's cool. Like you shouldn't put more j- just shit into the world. Right. I think it's maybe better to just like 
if you think of something good to say, say it. But honestly, a lot of times I just get sort of annoyed when I look at my feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just... I, so I'm not compelled to put put anything else out there because I just am like I don't know. You're annoyed with yourself. Yeah, listening. Yeah, I know. I go back on my Twitter feed and I'm most of the time just like, ugh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you to say all this? Like, and why does anyone care? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's even a part of like uh, Twitter's uh, goals culturally on the platform is to like make you engage then make you feel like shit. Yeah. So you like re-engage. Oh yeah. yeah. You know they I mean? give you all those yeah. current events to tweet about. I know. That's so intentional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, we're so, like hamsters just yeah. like pecking. That's all we Absolutely. are right now. I remember yeah. I remember years ago a friend of mine's dad was like thinking about investing in Twitter. Uh-huh. As I was I was this was probably like fifteen years ago. Or like I was in high school, super young, and he was like, Do you know anyone that uses Twitter? Like I'm thinking about like getting involved with Twitter, like, and I remember my sister and I just goes, no, no one uses Twitter. Not yet. So, Whoops. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. Does, uh, how's, uh, Epitaph with that stuff? I mean, are they, like, do they have, like, an in-house, like, people that do a lot, or do they ask you guys to do a lot? I think it's kind of like they'll help post stuff about our band if we toss it to them and say, hey, we're doing this thing, and then they'll, like, be like, okay, sweet, thanks, and, like, or you right. send them, like, a picture, you know, and they'll help like coordinate like when you're gonna put a video out and stuff like that. They'll yeah. like send suggestions out also on things you could do on social media and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Um, but they have they definitely have people in house that are like that is their like yeah that's like they study that kind of stuff and the, the trends and like what's a good way to go about it what's a good or bad way to do it and then they they've like talked to us or they like have like a best practices sort of like workshop. oh really yeah. Like tailored to like your demographics. No, or just, just in like general, general, just like good good things to be doing. Like post on this this often or something. Wow, no yeah. shit. Is yeah. that like an email? Like like from a social media team or something? How's that come across? I forget. I, well, that was just a PDF, so I, oh, I think okay. they probably worked, all worked on it together. Marketing, maybe. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that's the thing I was saying though. It's like we're like as a band, like we don't know what the best like right. how you're supposed to do this, but also. I guess it's not. It shouldn't be that hard because, like, the people that are the most popular on like, inst- like, there's so many like just normal ass like high school boys that are way more popular on Instagram than our band is. <laughs> oh, we yeah. tour around the country and they yeah. just post like selfie after like, selfie what or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> with their shirt off or something. I don't know. I guess what, and I'm just like they know how to use it. <laughs> well, you spend all those years learning instruments instead of sculpting your bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Who wants to see that? Yeah. Gross. And there's probably something to be said about like a high school like person or a early twenties person where they've grown up with like this technology like yes. in their hands from the time that they were like four years old yeah. or something like that, you know? As opposed to like we all came in it started happening while we yes. were older yeah like midway through our lives yeah yeah it's like my instinct sometimes to be like all these kids probably don't know anything or something like but then i think about like you know have you ever seen somebody like over like 60 trying to use an iphone right you know (laughs) and like stuff like that where i'm like maybe these kids are gonna since they're raised with it and it's not this like foreign object that got thrown into their life 
maybe they're actually going to get raised with a healthier balance. Like since it was just always there Mm -hmm. and they're always going to know like how to navigate it, make the decision early on that you maybe don't want anything to do with it. Or like you grow up learning how to sort information instead of just being because like you, you grow up with all the information in your hand. Right. It's like the way that we go to that way that we all went to school is like you go to a class and you get told shit. Right. Like these kids, like imagine giving Wikipedia to someone 20 years ago, even. Yeah. Like, it's this thing that everyone was told, like, no, that's not your source. That's not your source. Like, we have, like, a kid now, by the time they're five, can look at anything. Yes. Like, fucking absolutely anything. And you have to, like, you grow up knowing that you already have all the information. And that yeah. you have to, like, you have to learn how to sort that information versus... Yeah, what's good information, what's bad information. Yeah, versus yeah. We, we grow up being like, all right, like, here's stuff coming at us. I guess sure. this is what we're going to get. Yeah, so, which which could actually be empowering, right? Because I think there's there's a trend of people like complaining about millennials as far as their inability to be almost like company people mm-hmm. and like play ball, and it's like they always need like this special attention, or they need. Mm-hmm. I, I even read a an article an older woman wrote who who ran an office. It was like how to co- connect with your millennial employees. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, 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 and one of the things <laughs> that they real. said was like. Like, the millennials don't... You can't just, like, give them a task and expect them to do it happily. You need to tell them why they're doing it and what the final goal to it is. Yeah, I definitely think millennials are the generation Y. You know, like, asking why. But, but but you know, that if everybody has this information... Like, information is power. It's been used against marginalized people forever... So, I mean, if if you actually give a singular person all that information, is that actually, like, a threat to power? Sure. Yeah, in a way. Absolutely. I mean, I think, like, there's been... I think one thing the Internet has done is made all different walks of life far more visible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's creating... It's, you know, slowly, but is creating a far more accepting environment of, like, gender and yeah. race, like all of it yeah yeah and so i think it's really pretty wonderful in that regard i think it's expanding people's minds like a younger generation's mind in terms of certain issues like that i also did just recently listen to a podcast though as well that was pretty fascinating you can't you did lockheed martin won't allow (laughs) you to Uh, talk about i listened i listened to a uh am news program an am news program okay brad um (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty fascinating as well, and the study all had to do with uh, social media and and loneliness. And, yeah, right. Uh, it was the, I believe the, uh, not the dean, but basically like the minister or something of USC that was on this podcast. Okay, they Jesuits and, there. Uh, and probably sure. Jesuits. Yeah, probably Jesuits, Jesuits usually own colleges. We'll say Jesuits. <laughs> They're the smart um, ones. <laughs> but they did a, a big study on it, and uh, from 18 to 30, 70% of the group that they studied said they were extremely lonely huh. and didn't know how to connect with people. Wow. And um, so USC set up a area in the student center that was a no phone area where you basically just have to interact with other right. people and uh they were still having problems with people ever going into that space or ever interacting huh. and so there's been plenty of students that have come to him and just been like 
So, like, how do I... They just... People don't know how to interact with each other. Right. Or form human connection. But they can form a lot of connections via social media and the internet. And right. Like that. So, it's a weird... There's, like, so many positives and then so many drawbacks in terms of, I feel like, people... It's kind of weird to think about. It's like, will people... Can people continue to interact with each other? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird, too. It's like, when we were kids, right... If if you were being told to do the most productive, healthy thing for you, it was go read a book, mm-hmm. which is maybe the most isolating experience you could <laughs> possibly have. You're literally sure. like alone with either fictional or real characters just on paper in the stories in your own head, never communicating mm-hmm. when you could go on social media for 20 minutes and have, albeit maybe not a real interaction but some kind of interaction yeah yeah i wonder what this mix is i mean the goal there is when you read a book the goal is to take someone else's perspective kind of mm. mess right okay yeah and sure. i think when you go on somebody's twitter feed you're looking for somebody's perspective and there's so many more on, on twitter so, yeah so on such a surface level it's the yeah. same it's the same interaction like you're looking to gain perspective from somebody right but since social media perspective comes in such micro doses and from so such a yeah. wide net it's it, it again comes back to like sorting information whereas like you know with books it's it's not gonna unless you're given plenty of warning it's not going to be like all right here's 140 characters now the next author's coming <laughs> yeah it's like short <laughs> right, right, sweet, right, right. right to the point whereas like a book it's like the longevity of it, it could yeah. take you know a month to yeah. read is twitter just like the ultimate cliff's notes <laughs> it's like this is short the cliff's notes spans. of my brain right. here it is yeah. <laughs> right here I mean in, in short in, I just thought for a year and here is my I figured it out <laughs> here you go in a hundred years you download the complete archive of Twitter and you go here's the wildest collection of autobiographical short stories you've ever read like go nuts yeah yeah it's gonna be weird I think about it with just my kids even uh, yeah. like there's this bizarre track record of me here mm-hmm. now. Even like, I did like old interviews. I used to say crazy shit in interviews just because. I was like, yeah, no, no one's fucking listening. <laughs> I used to make shit up. I'd tell me and Alex Levine, we'd go into German interviews and they'd be like, oh, this and this. I'd be like, oh, well, we get tight because we do crystal meth and we have sex before we record. <laughs> and they're like, oh, is this true? <laughs> this is okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we just play it, you know? So, like, there is record of yeah, this yeah. in the era of fake news. All you got to do is Sarcastic. plant the seed. Yeah. And, and sure. that seed grows. Yeah. So. <laughs> God knows what the narrative is going to be for my life. In 25 <laughs> years, I've spun a lot of false shit, you know? Yeah, yeah I guess it's fun. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, with the information, it's like, it's like I always knew, I had, like, a hunch, like, history class was bullshit, but I didn't, like, know until I saw Goodwill Hunting and bought People's History of the United States mm-hmm. and then was like, get the fuck out of here about Christopher Columbus. Yeah. But I didn't get that till I was like maybe 17, 18, 19, already out of high school. Sure. If I had Google at yeah. like 12 and I had the access, the information about like what our government had done, like, you know, all, all this stuff, like... Man, I would have been on fucking fire in school. Yeah. 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 Asking the right questions, too. Yeah. See 
what the history teacher how they would yeah respond, it was like, it know? was like already my instinct to fuck with the thing mm-hmm. and if i actually had like the knowledge to fuck with the thing yeah. you know i needed matt damon to tell me to read that book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i wonder how many people read that book because of goodwill hunting you think a lot probably not. i don't know no. i don't know must have gotten it bigger once matt damon says something yeah. it it grows you must listen mm-hmm. <laughs> you must yeah. you must so, Steve, I wanted to ask about, like, um, yes, yes, you. <laughs> like, when I'm listening to Sidekick's songs, which I've heard many, and I like a lot, by Thank the you. way, um, you know, I always think, like, you're, you're writing in a way that um, is very graphic, I think, in, like, I can always almost see myself in the situation, it's like I see a lot of imagery um, and things I can connect to in like a real way that kind of put me into the situation. And a lot of music in our world doesn't do that for me. It's all so metaphorical, like I can't put myself there. It's one of the reasons I like hip-hop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you, do you know what I'm talking about and is that intentional in like your songwriting at all? I think if I thought about like when I'm writing lyrics, I probably am like imagining myself in situations whether or not like the song itself is like autobiographical or not i think mm-hmm. i try to like because i feel like with music it's always just about connecting with other people through emotions so mm-hmm. like all throughout the whole process you're trying to do that whether it's just like the music you're making or like how you're recording it and then when you're writing the lyrics it's like i think i think about just like all right what am i trying to say or I, you kind of just start writing stuff and then you're sort of like what is this saying and then like trying to get to what I think it feels like, and then I try right. to, like, I don't know, I guess just imagine situations I've been in, maybe, or I don't know. A lot of times, though, it's just really very stream of consciousness, and then I'm just like, I guess I'm finding myself in this place right. that I didn't think I was going to be writing about, but then you're like, I guess I'm writing about this memory or something. Right, I right. think that's kind of the cool part about music is that it does connect with memories and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, like... You know, in your life, you'll just be like, you hear a song and it puts you in this place. And I kind of feel like writing songs, that's a really cool part about writing songs. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I wrote this song and then it kind of connected me with this other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, but that connection never existed, but it felt like it, like, it feels like they're connected somehow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Um, Is that like, when you're writing the songs, I know it comes, like you're saying, it comes from a personal part like this is what i want to say but do you ever conceive like how people will take it or how you want them to take it uh i'm not sure i think i think i think initially it's just trying to like to me just i guess like say something that i think would be good or like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. or just you know just be like all right what do, i don't know like what would or just something that would i guess like interest me i guess or what whatever kind of like path you're going down with it just kind of just following what is interesting to you i guess yeah yeah i don't know talking about writing is hard for me i guess but i think it is for anybody yeah yeah i mean is it important for you like to i know i mean happiness hours was like a you know change a little bit from some other stuff but was like it important to you to portray kind of like a just a brighter version of the band and yourself like now yeah i think so that was 
very purposeful for all of us, I think, when we were doing it. We were like, we want to try to, like, not... Because we could write songs... Or I do write songs that are maybe more, like, on the, I don't know, melancholic side or something. But then we were trying to just do stuff... Thank you. But we were trying (laughs) to do stuff that, like... would be fun to play live and fun to just be sharing because you end up you're like living inside these songs for like this is this is what you're putting out there and we wanted to put something that felt good and like felt like fun to put on in your car when you're driving around so that was like purposeful on that end and then also lyrically i think i was trying to i guess just like i guess dissect memories in a more like in a less just like emotionally reactive way and more like I don't know, um, just looking at different, like, snapshots of things, I guess. Huh. And, like, or, like, like you are saying, like, you picture yourself in this place. I kind of feel like that's how I, how the songs are sort of written. Where it's just like, all right, this verse, it's in this place. And then this next verse, it's this place. Yeah, yeah. And it just sort of just all pieces together, like, this, I don't know, like, these different snapshots of memories, I guess. Sure. It's cool. I mean, it feels like, like a California record, you know? Like, I... Which is good. Yeah. Like, like it pain. Do you guys feel it playing it live? Like, does it just like feel a little lighter to like to play and then bring to people? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think they just they have such a naturally kind of like uh, poppy, like hook centric vibe to them. Yeah. That they're easy to like bop to and and move to and i think that's conveyed with people i feel like that was you know through uh social media yes uh yes. <laughs> comments that we would receive would just you know be like listen to this record like all summer and i feel like it yeah. has that vibe it's just for like sure a very like uh upbeat like fun kind of album to it i guess yeah I, yeah i don't know Whereas I feel like Runners was definitely more of like a, it had a darker tone to it. Right. So I think this record basically just, yeah, brightened it up. Like the California sunshine. That's what I'm saying. Some Beach Boy shit. Some (laughs) Beach Boy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know you accidentally in the middle of that said dissecting a song? too? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) The biology won't leave. Surging with words. (laughs) Yo. yo. Oh, that was good. That was good. And now, like, we're mutually involved in like a scene that um has been like sort of at the forefront of trying to be more inclusive and like at least being aware of it for people like us and and um and uh and trying to do what you can like but I wonder you know ever since I got out of like the gaslight context um I don't really know how to help because it's like I don't hire crew. You know what I mean? I can't like diversify my crew because there's no crew. Um, And like, and if, so I guess the question is like, how do people, I guess in our ilk, which I guess on the outside, you just be like, oh, those are white guys. Mm -hmm. Like how do we, by not being part of the movement, but wanting to help, like how can a band help? at this stage of the game like or or like what are things that that we could do on a smaller level i think like all, i guess pr- trying to if you can employ people trying to employ yeah. like p- 
people that aren't white guys is <laughs> right. good. And and then like I guess like propping up other artists if you have a vo- if you have like somewhat of a platform, propping up propping up other other artists that are like yeah, like I don't know, that you think should have more of a like a platform. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Sure. I think people see when you're being disingenuous about it too. So like huh. it's re- it, people's bullshit detectors are pretty tuned. So yes. Like, if you're gonna say something, make sure you're backing it up too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's so many people that just put on a face but don't actually do shit. Right. Um, just write a tweet being yeah, like, "Hey, and, believe in this." Yeah. And but, I don't yeah. want to say that being like because I'm doing everything personally, but like I'm not like you, know, you. You don't have to just just be careful to not like pat yourself on the back for the sake of patting yourself on the back or like right, right, right. Yeah, I guess people are quick to just be like, pretend to be social justice warriors without doing anything. I yeah. guess one of the downsides yeah. to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, but I think the big thing is just like realizing your sort of, I guess, like your privilege and trying to use the the like avenues that you're granted to like, I don't know, like just prop other people up and like give, even just pointing towards something else with the internet i feel like that's one thing that can be good is you can be like hey everybody that follows me you should like think about this thing or Mm -hmm. whatever but um but yeah i don't know i think like and yeah just like with playing shows or doing stuff like where sometimes you'll be like oh do you want this band to open and it's just like it is kind of crazy how sometimes like it so often does get pushed to just just be like it's it's a band of another four white guys yeah and you're just like no, but it's but I think more and more promoters are like trying to be like just like thinking about like not having more diversity in like the the bills and yeah, cuz yeah. it is like this thing this problem that has existed in well I guess just in our culture and but in like rock and roll and stuff where it's just like more people need to be represented in this cuz there are people that are making this music they're just not getting these opportunities cuz it's sure. like a guys club and yeah, it has yeah, been totally. so it's like taking this like I don't know. You have to. It, it and it does take the people that are like the, the, the guys. I would say to like try to like you know change that in certain yeah. ways because you're the ones that are still like I don't know have have the like first pick of the tours or like right. I don't even know. Just yeah, like think, getting the op- probably getting the most opportunities. I'd say totally. Sure. Yeah, I think I I agree with what you're saying too. Just like. Being self-aware of, like, your privilege that you have as a white male and then also, you know, being aware of the space that you were taking up and making, allowing there to be room for far more people yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of that context of yeah. for for white guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like a strange reckoning to come to, too, right? Like, I, I look at some of the pictures of... Um, like old hardcore shows that I was at when I was a kid. And like, that's literally like one of the most important times of my life that like frame me in a way I couldn't even imagine. And, uh, and I look around the picture and I'm like, ah, fuck, like this was for like one kind of person. I happened to be that person and I'm glad it was around, but it's like that strange reckoning to know that like something you were a part of may have been implicitly not bad, but troubled mm-hmm. and had some problems and you didn't even know those problems existed when you were there, sure. you know, yeah. should have known. Yeah. 
That's hey. right. I guess, you know, we were all dumb a little totally. bit. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, like, going into it with an open heart, too, and if you, you know, see if you see something that looks like an uncomfortable situation is occurring, like, you know, approaching that person and asking them if they're okay or, like, yeah. you know, just making it uh, an inviting, inclusive environment for those around you. Sure. And just, uh, you know, just being aware of other people mm-hmm. and your surroundings. I think sure. Is really cool. And if, if Mr. Cleveland puts his arm around you, you know it's... You know? It's legit. <laughs> 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 and I mean, like, I think also, uh, oh, I had something. I don't know where it went. That's right. You're thinking about uh, your mayorship now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the campaign. Here yeah. I am. Um, oh, crap. I lost it. Sorry, I went light. That's I went light fine. on it. I went light on it. <laughs> so I'm assuming everyone's seen Major League. Oh, yeah, yeah. The film? I yes. Have. You have. Honestly, I had Major League 2 on VHS, so I'm more familiar with Major League 2. Well, it actually still applies, because okay. most of the characters are still in play. Okay. Who is everyone? <laughs> if everyone wow. had a Major League character in the sidekicks, you so, you will have to be dubbed it's all right. by so, someone else. Side but. note on this, uh, the was Jake Turner, right? That's the catcher in Major Jake League? Taylor. Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor. Yeah. There we go. Played by was, uh, uh, Tom Berenger. There we go. Tom Berenger was in Uncut Gems. He was. Which we just went and saw the other night. Oh, which, in turn, also Toby's first Adam Sandler movie he's ever seen. Thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Really? True. Yeah. That's a real thing? It's a real on, thing, yeah. yeah. The only Adam Sandler I've ever seen is Uncut Gems. Interesting. You're not missing yeah. anything. It's- Whoa. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. shot. Lockheed Martin. For the longest yeah. time. <laughs> that was like my that. wild thing. I could be like, oh, yeah, I've I've never seen it. No, Adam Wedding movie. Singer. Nothing. Well, and now I get to be like, yeah, the only Adam Sandler I've seen is Uncut Gems. I don't know. I, okay. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's like, it's very cool because. I think I could do another interview right now finding out how that happened. <laughs> True. Like, how do you avoid all Adam Sandler movies My for parents that long? were really they careful. They forbade him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were really careful about what media made it, like. No but Jewish actors? They, is that what it was about? <laughs> yeah, what the, it was exactly that. <laughs> I was raised asymmetric. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no Adam Sandler. The other one that lasted a long, long, long time was my dad. Was My dad could not stand the Stillers. So okay, no Stillers. I didn't see... Wait, wait, wait. Are we noticing the theme here? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But I had no Adam Sandler and no no ben Barbara Stiller. Streisand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my parents. So my parents were both on Broadway. Okay, so they it was like a, if they were really careful about what media we got. Sure. So it was like TV was like Monty Python. Okay, they loved that, and then it was like always show tunes or jazz on at the house. Okay, so it was, so they just had a high. It was a high, less a like high bar. Yeah, there was just not really that like '90s like VHS American slapstick humor. Yeah, ever. I can imagine Billy Madison wouldn't have played very well oh, in yeah, a house yeah. like that. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. like Steve's like they've been giving me a kind of a ongoing crash course. Like I I just saw Freddie got fingered for the first time like a year ago. Um, that I would say isn't like candy. Yeah, that's though. not necessary. That's pretty. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. To that's, me, that's like that's just a tester I do just to see be like, is someone gonna like this movie or hate it? Tom, yeah, Tom Green's turning into a deep cut. But for me, it's yeah, all yeah, like that. It's sure. it's all in that echelon of like comedy that I missed growing up. Right. Like I would hear people talk. I just saw Austin Powers for the first time when we were recording oh, wow. Feed Two. 
we put it on at the cabin. That was the first time I'd ever seen Austin Powers. See, that's yeah. a big doesn't, difference. Doesn't hold though. up. No laugh. Freddy Got Fingered <laughs> is like like a mud honey record. Like you might yeah. miss it. <laughs> right. Like, no, right. Austin Powers. That's that's pop. Yeah, that yeah. was on the radio. Uh, like, that's just, Destiny's Child. Well, to bring, yeah. it, yeah. to bring it all the way back yeah. to the Major League thing. They were trying to like dress me up as an Austin Powers character for Halloween one year, and I'd never seen it. Who was? Remember when you were Dr. Evil, you wanted me to be Scotty? Yeah. Well, I, was Dr. Ah. Evil. I was Dr. Evil three <laughs> years in a really row. You're really good Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my yeah, younger brother, he, ha- he has like reddish hair. He looks exactly like me. And he's- <laughs> so he was Scotty. That's good. That's Once, funny. though, I That's did- good- we were at um, oh, yeah. the fest. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with, with the festival the fe- in-, <laughs> in Gainesville, Florida? Yes. Um, yes. And I was like, we were outside of some venue, and it was like- us and like some of the folks from the Menzingers, yeah. and then their TM Scott, yeah, yeah, Scotty Bell, Scotty Bell. walked in the room. The and mayor I, like, of from, Michigan, like, from yeah, like yeah. across the like uh, patio, I just go, Scotty, get over here and give your father a hug. <laughs> <laughs> like in my my Doctor Evil, like well, it's shitty Doctor Evil. I just put a, I put a ba- I put a bald cap on and a little scar with a permanent marker, and then I had like a gray coat. Did Scotty Bell smile? He oh, hated he, it. He, was, he hated, hated it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, was that so one of his six yearly smiles? Yeah. <laughs> no. He was he was pissed. So <laughs> all right. So oh yeah, so, yeah. major league. So they got the major league characters here. I mean, we got Willie Mays Hayes, Pedro Serrano, true, Jake Taylor, true. Who's the wild thing? Mm. Someone could be Coach Lou Brown. Oh my, oh my god. god! Which might be you, Matt. Coach Lou. Coach Lou. I don't know. I don't really yell. Who's the fastest of the four? I didn't yell loud enough to have a heart attack. You know. Oh stop. Lou Brown. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. Um. Well, Rick Vaughn. Rick Vaughn. He's like. He's like. Well, at least in my mind, because I've only seen Major League Two. That's <laughs> right. when it, that's when he's like he's like uh, doing all these commercials. Oh and stuff. yeah, that's when yeah. he's, but a then he's like, wild. He but then he's like, boy. fuck right. this. Yeah, I'm the wild thing, and then he cuts the weird haircut again. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, I don't know who that would be. I'm just. Uh, hmm. Yeah, this is tough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, could, I mean, also right, that's so Charlie could... Sheen and Charlie Charlie Sheen. I feel like. You, you just, just don't, you just don't, don't want to be, be Charlie yeah. Sheen. I think you got to keep it just in the context of that character. Which, no, just the Which film. also, just the film. not necessarily the most desirable character either. All right, so who who would you say is the, like the youngest, most sprightly upstart of the four of you? <laughs> I guess Toby. He's the youngest. All right, so Toby, <laughs> you're Willie Mays Hayes. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Help us. You who, tell us. Who all right. We are. I'm, I'm figuring this out. Yeah. Who? Say, like, shit hits the fan, you're on the side of the road. Who puts their foot down and has final say? Danielle. Is this RTM? Yeah. RTM. Probably Danielle. Okay, yeah. so that's Coach Lou Brown. Yeah. Danielle is coach. That makes okay. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Who, on the outside looking in, who would the world just be like, that is the most just talented guy in the band? Not to say they actually are, but what people would perceive. Probably Ryan. Yeah. You got that? Who am I? All right. You're Rick Vaughn. All right. Ooh. The wild thing. Yeah. Ricky. I was going to say you because you had um, the glasses. Oh, yeah. He has similar glasses. Well, not totally, but he has like thick. I used That's- them to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, thick, the, thick, the thick black uh, rim on the glasses. Yeah. Okay. Slightly similar to Rick Vaughn. All right. I'm so- Will Ricky. I'm Will Ricky. Am I on the mound? You're on the mound. Oh, yeah, cool. dude. You know, the fact that you guys started the band together and you're like 
the saltiest, oldest ones, is putting you in contention for oh. Jake Taylor and Roger Dorn together. God damn it! <laughs> I don't see either of you as a Dorn. I'm no. seeing one of you is a Jake Taylor, one is a Pedro Serrano. Who can't hit a curveball? I, I can't hit anything. Okay. <laughs> Serrano, you're Jake Taylor. How do you feel about Jake that? Taylor. Old um, knees, he's well, knees, tough, but just he's... came back from Mexico. <laughs> see, so, see, uh, my body does feel like Jake Taylor's body sometimes. Right, drummer uh, body. Yeah. yeah. We're all dying uh, every show. And I'll take, true. I'll take Don't shake tough. your head, singer. I was going to say, I, I was like, or maybe I'm the announcer guy. Oh, you're Bob Euchre. Maybe I'm Bob Euchre. Just Uker. a bit outside. Yeah. <laughs> just like trying to keep it going, but like their team is just sucking. I like that. Like, <laughs> like, no, we got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's good. So Serrano yeah. rounds first and heads first. Center field. I'm a lefty. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's like token major league lefties. Shit, is there a lefty in major league? I don't. I can't think off the top of my head. I, I love this. Like yeah. we're like it's yeah. like trying to come up with this metaphor, but none of us seem to be very familiar with this movie. <laughs> I mean, well, I just listed off all the characters. Yeah. No, yeah. I think you, I did no, not uh, I guess us. <laughs> well, then you got Dorn, who gets thrown into the game. I don't know if you guys have a Roger team, Dorn. You know, you, know? you no. guys don't have someone who's like that big of a dick. If you well, had a rock true. star, yeah, you had the one guy who's like, no. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Yeah. Like, who like flies out to the first, which is what I do now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Dorn. That would be Dorn. Well, big ups to Randy Newman anyway. Dude, great song. Mm-hmm. Such a good song. I got no more questions, guys. I love you. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was fun. Oh, yeah. I like the sidekicks. What a good band, you know? Yeah. Fun guys. Fun music. And I could say from personal experience, I've toured with them. You know, they're not faking the funk. They're actually <laughs> cool. They're actually that mellow, you know? Like, it's real. It's they're the legitimate. real deal, man. Yeah, they're totally legit. You know what's cool? I, you know, I had forgotten about that story where my son and I visited them you know, at Water Music in Hoboken, took them out for fresh mozzarella sandwiches, right. you know, proper North Jersey style, did it the right way. And, you know, I was reminded in that, that like, you know, when I go into that situation, I'm like, hey, I'm a pedestrian here. You know what I mean? Like, this is your record. I'm just here to hang. But I ended up sitting there long enough that I listened to like four versions of the same song that those guys were already confused about. And I just couldn't help it. Like one of them was just better. It just had that feel. It had the thing. And like, you know, they looked at me and asked and I was like so relieved because I wanted to say something so bad, but I wasn't gonna, I swear I wasn't good. It wasn't going to be unsolicited, you know, but the cool thing about that on top of it is like, you know, it's almost like uh, in the film High Fidelity when they're talking about how you don't have to be like on the record. You don't have to be like in the band. You just want to be like in the background somewhere when you're like a record fan. Right. And like there's these weird names or these things that, you know, were part of the process. And like, you know, you'll never know who those people are. Yeah. But it's just kind of this cool part of the narrative. And I love the fact that like, this record wound up being so awesome 
that <laughs> that it's like a cool part of my narrative but then also like my sons you know hey yeah like like i can literally when he's like 20 years old just sit him down and be like hey when you were like two you know i, I brought you to this studio and you listen to these songs and like you know you jammed out and the producer gave you a banana you know it's cool and you told him that the uh the, the third take was the best yeah, I'd be like, you told them. Give it to the kid. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, it was you. You not you drooled on the third take, so I, I went with that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's cool. I have a very fond, fond memory of the whole situation, you know? Yeah, I get it. So uh, I think next week we should have our... Um, our pandemic. Our, our, our uh, after Corona yeah. episode. Yeah. Where we're gonna have some awesome people on, like uh, Jeff Rosenstock, Tim Barry, Lizzie Goodman, and also our wonderful going off track OGs, yeah. Jonah Bayer and Stephen Smith. Yeah. So we'll check in with them and see where everyone's heads at, and uh, yeah, we'll have that episode out what this time next week, probably, unless something weird happens <laughs> unless the 5g really does just t- take over the world yeah i'm saying man crash it yo people unless, are getting crazier and crazier by the day man you as know as long as you don't cut your fucking uh files cable dude. <laughs> <laughs> yikes not good not good um so sidekicks aren't doing too much right now obviously no touring uh no new records but i would still recommend Picking up Happiness Hours and their older ones because they're excellent albums. You got time. Listen to them. Yeah. Easily enough, they are Sidekicks Ohio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. How awesome is that? Check them out. Check them out. You know? And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our Venmo sponsor. Oh, yeah. Let's let's give a big props to Nathan Van Horn there. Who's Nathan paid Van Horn. Uh, is that what I, did I say it right? Yeah, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Just like former New Jersey Net Keith Van Horn. He's essentially paid our hosting for this month, which is very yeah. nice because we'll take everything we can get. I think it was for one-time payment. It was quite generous. But um, yeah, if you awesome. are interested in giving us a little support, we are holding off on Patreon just because of the current state of affairs. Um, but if you really do like an episode and you want to throw us a buck or two, you can do it via Venmo um, at Off Track. Um. Yeah, and go to iTunes. <laughs> give us some, give us some likes. Give us some stars. Give good reviews. And uh, goingofftrack.com. You can keep up with everything. Yeah, you're a hell of a salesman. <laughs> a real Willie Loman. And we'll keep I mean, doing this as long as we can. We might have to do it like this, remote. But um, we're trying to come at you every week, man. If anyone can can tweet me and say that they got my Willie Loman reference. I'll say your name on the next episode. Because <laughs> that means they listen to the end and they like plays. You know? <laughs> I, nice. I, I respect that. I respect that. Yes. That's what I do, Brad. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. For going off track. Thanks for hanging out this long. We'll um, We'll see you next week for sure. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.